Hi, this is Pastor Bob. Join me today in the Word of God as we take a look at three parts to your salvation. There's not three salvations. There's simply three parts working together, headed for a common goal, and that's the day we receive a resurrection body. We will stand in the presence of God forever and forever. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I'm so glad to have you here today. Good to be with you. And even though I'm uh, looking into a screen, you're looking into a screen, we're really there together because, you know, this is more than just me being personally present, but us coming around the Word of God and what unites us is a heart of salvation, and then what unites us is the Word of God. So again, I'm glad to have you here today. For those of you who are watching for the first time, I welcome you. For those of you watching after a number of times, glad to have you back. And for those of you who've been watching for a long time, gluttons for punishment, no, you're not really. You just enjoy the Word of God, and you've even become a partner with me. I thank you for that. And for those of you who aren't partners with me, come on in. I think the water's fine. I think you'll be blessed by it. And uh, so I'm glad for those who help support me. I've said this before, but you know, my, my anointing comes from God. My calling comes from God. But you know what? It's God who equipped me, God who gave this to me, but really it's people who helped put me on the air. I know God opens up doors, but if it wasn't for people giving, God doesn't rain down money from heaven. He supplies it through people. And so thank you for just being faithful and above and beyond your tithes you give to the church. You give offerings to the Lord and I'm just thankful I get to be a partaker in those offerings. If you'd like to become a partner with me, I'd love to have you join me. Go to bobbyandian.com. There you'll find on my website a place where you can become a partner with me in this ministry. I greatly support it. I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to take a look at verse 23 and verse 24. And I want to talk to you today about a threefold redemption. And I'm not talking about the fact that, you know, we have three salvations, you know, that uh, we have to go through. No, is really all three of them are working at the same time inside of us. And so I have a uh, series here called Our Redemption, and this is a CD, and it'll be a great blessing to you to have this as a CD series. And again, I recommend because not only just to hear it for, you know, for a 30 minute broadcast as we have here today, but to continue in the word I've got after that. Jesus said in John chapter eight to those who just believed in him, he said, if you can continue in my word. Notice, not just, you know, occasionally hear that continue in my word. He said, then you'll be my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. I've said this before, but it's not the truth that makes us free. It's knowing the truth that makes us free. Just because you have a number of Bibles in your house doesn't mean you're free. Just because you have all this truth laying around, it's got to get out of the book and into your heart. Then you need to begin to use it you know, through your thought life, your word life, your actions, and then that's when all of a sudden maturity comes in. So again, let's go to the word of God. In fact, let's start with this. You know, I've had you turn to First Thessalonians chapter five, hold that place, because I just want to give you some thoughts. First of all, three scriptures. Tell me the difference between these three scriptures. Who hath saved us? That's 2 Timothy chapter one and verse nine. Notice that's past tense. Philippians 2.12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What's that talking about? The third one is, now is your salvation closer or nearer than when you believe, Romans 13.11. How do you take those three and justify them? It's not that there's three salvations, but three aspects to one total salvation. The first one is an accomplished fact. 
When I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the accomplished fact was I am born again, period, over, out. My new birth cannot increase. What's in my spirit cannot increase. It's absolutely perfect, and so that's the accomplished fact. But the second part is I have a present salvation process that I'm still working through, and that goes day by day, and that's spiritual growth in the Word of God. But then I have a future reality yet to come, a resurrection body. That's future. That's also part of my salvation. That's what those three verses we're talking about. Again, it's not three separate salvations, but three aspects working together for one total salvation. In other words, God has a part of me that he's through with me, has a God part of me that he's working on, he has a part of me yet to be accomplished. And it all works under one salvation. I just accepted Jesus. All these things begin to happen inside of me. And I didn't really have much to do with the new birth except for believing in it. The moment I received in Je- believed I received Jesus, immediately I was born again. My spirit was made alive. My name is in the book of life. That's all accomplished and it will never change. But then there's a present process, which I am a part of, and that's to literally take and go to the renewing of my mind by the word of God, to take up the word of God, study it day by day, begin to apply it into my life, and literally as much as possible, stay with the word of God, as much study time as possible, taking breaks in my life, let's go to the word of God. In the car, listen to the word of God. At home at night, I can watch a good program on with Christian broadcasting, or else I can just, you know, uh, read a book on whatever subject or a book of the word and open up the word of God for those things. Not that you don't have time for other things. There's other things in life, but this becomes literally the primary function of your life is to serve God. And then know one day I'm going to have a resurrection body. That also helps me to look at all the problems of life that our nation's going through, the entire world is going through and realize I have something to look forward to. The rapture of the church coming is my hope for the future. And at that time, I will receive a resurrection body and my salvation will be complete. Again, not three separate salvations, but one total package. And it will all be done at that time when I receive a resurrection body. I had you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter five, because really everything is included in one simple phrase in verse 23 and verse 24. Here, Paul says, the very God of peace sanctify you holy, not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy. The entire concept of it, the, the very God of peace sanctify you entirely. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who called you, who will also perform it or accomplish it. So what are we talking about? There's three parts again to my salvation because I have three parts in me. I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. By understanding that, what Paul was saying here is, my spirit was born again, first of all, and it is complete. Never will it change. It's 100% perfect. But the next part of me that needs to be changed is my soul. Let's just assume that you received Jesus when you were 25 years old, okay? That means for 25 years, you've had the world's way of thinking, and now you need to begin by the renewing of the mind to start thinking like the word thinks, and you basically got about 25 years of teaching from the world that you need to undo and aim in the right direction. I'm not saying everything the world teaches is wrong. There's things you learned in school or should have learned in school, you know, languages and math and things like that. But when they start teaching you social things and they start teaching you that, you know, the word of God is not true and that religion's not true and all these other things like that. And I can believe them that not all religions are right, but there is one 
And that's my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, or as James says it, pure religion. All these other ones are not pure. The gospel is pure. The word of God is pure. It's pure God, 100% correct. And this word goes on to say, not only is my spirit born again, but the soul is the part that I continually work on every single day. And I never will in this lifetime come to the fullness of it. I can always learn new things. And no matter how much the word of God I know, I can learn new things because why? The Bible is indescribable as far as the the depth of it, the height of it, the width of it, all the different dimensions and all the different facets like a diamond. You can look at one verse of scripture like a diamond and see all types of facets and you'll realize I miss that facet. I miss that facet. I've studied this one and this one. And again, you can begin to grow in the things of God. And then finally, your body will be reserved, blameless, preserved, blameless. And that's what this verse of scripture, until the coming of our Lord Jesus, that's when the body will be preserved, blameless, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for us, and we will receive a resurrection body. This mortal will put on immortality. This corruptible shall put on incorruption. All three of these are products of grace, not of works. All three accomplishments save us in different ways. First, our spirit is saved in an instant at the moment we believe, almost like the twinkling of an eye, like our body will be changed. First, our spirit is saved in an instant a flash second it takes at the moment we believe. Second, our soul's salvation is a process covering our lifetime. We never will totally get it. So our salvation of our soul is a process here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept, growth upon growth upon growth. And literally, that's why 1 John 1, 9 was created because in our soul, there's times we often deviate from God or we have temptations and we fall for them. We need a way of getting back into fellowship with God, not back into relationship with God. Our spirit is where our relationship with God is, but our soul is where our fellowship with God is. And when we get born again, our spirit is pure, but we still can sit in the soul, but we need something to clean that. And of course it comes by the washing of the word of God. The more you stay in the word of God, the more you think like God, the more you think like the word. And really, I I have said it this way before, that literally my life is getting rid of the mind of Bob and getting the mind of Christ and replacing it. Third, our body will be saved, transformed in an instant at the same time as billions of other Christians around the world are going to be changed at the rapture of the church. And then those who have died before us in Christ since the day of Pentecost will also get a resurrection body and their uh, old body will be turned into a resurrection body. Our body that we possess at that second will be instantly changed into a resurrection body. And this is the three processes of one salvation. First, salvation comes to our spirit. Again, it is by faith and it is an accomplished fact. Luke chapter seven and verse 50 says, your faith has saved you. Titus chapter three and verse five, according to his mercy, he saved us. Mercy is grace in action. God has given us his grace, but he puts it into action. First of all, the moment we accept Jesus and Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, for by grace, you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The first agent I have, to receive Jesus Christ is my faith in him. And of course, what he gives me is his grace. All I have to do is receive it. So salvation is a gift of God offered to me and all I have to do is receive it. 
you know, uh, in the word of God, they received Jesus. In fact, John chapter one tells us in the beginning when Jesus Christ came, that as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. What does the word receive mean? You receive a gift. In essence, God is holding out his plan of salvation for you. It's a free gift. He did all the work. He wrapped it up. He put the bow on it, put it in his hand, and he shoved it out here in front of your face and says, all you have to do is receive it. It doesn't matter if you receive me in church, in front of a television set, driving in your car. It doesn't matter. You've heard the word and now you want to act on it. And so here it is. This is how you receive Jesus. If you've never received Jesus watching this broadcast, Jesus went to the cross with you in mind, who for the joy that was set before him, and you are the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so he did it so he can offer to you the simple grace of God, the gift of eternal life. And it's not by your works or how good you've been. He just wants you to receive it. So you might be the one of the worst persons that ever lived as far as your life's concerned, or you might have lived some kind of moral life, but neither one will keep you out of heaven or get you into heaven. It's receiving Jesus that causes this to happen. He is the gift of eternal life. The next two again, whether it's salvation or whether it's the renewing of the mind daily or else our resurrection body, it all comes because of what God has offered to us. And I will see you right after the break. In chapter nine, verse two, Job asked the question, but how can a man be righteous with God? On our own, not one of us can ever approach God. A sinful human cannot be joined to a righteous God. A mediator must come in between and draw the two together. The cross of Jesus is where God and man meet. The only thing that can unite man with God is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Our Redemption is an in-depth seven-part study on the redemptive work of Jesus Christ by Pastor Bob Yandian. Message titles include The God-Man, Son of the Living God, The Character of God, The Virgin Birth, Jesus, our scapegoat, the heart of the earth, and reconciled to God. To order our redemption, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Well, let's go back to the scripture we were looking at in Ephesians 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, talking about that salvation we have comes through faith. That's our part, but it's also given to us by God's grace. That's his part. Grace always comes before faith. In other words, we don't hold our hand out and then God gives us uh, the plan of salvation or redemption. No, he holds that redemption. First of all, we just reach out and receive it. Healing is a grace of God. Remember the time when uh, John the Baptist was in prison and he doubted Jesus. And so Jesus just told one of his disciples, go tell him the blind receive their sight. What an, what an incredible simplicity of the plan of healing, just like the plan of God for salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you healed through faith. And he's talking about people receiving. So really there's a number of gifts of God that come to us freely that all we have to do is receive it. And so that's what salvation is. For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace comes first, then comes faith. For by grace, that's God reaching out to you. Are you saved through faith? And that not of yourselves. It's not your works, not your goodness, not your good looks, not the church you've attended, not your morality. It's not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, secondly, we have salvation for the soul. It's by diligence. It's a present process, yet it's never completed in this lifetime. 1 Corinthians 1.18 unto us who are being saved. Isn't that an interesting way to, I mean, isn't that an interesting way to say it? I mean, to come across that way. Can you imagine, God would never say to you when you receive Jesus, now you're being saved. No, you are saved, but there's a part of you being saved. The spirit, again, is the place where we are saved, but the soulish process up here, you're thinking this brain matter up here needs to be returned around so that we now understand what God is saying unto us who are being saved saved. And uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 39, we are of those who believe unto the saving of the soul. We believe in salvation and we are saved, but there's also a saving of the soul that is yet to come. My spirit has already been saved, but my soul is being saved day by day. That's Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 39. Then James chapter one and verse 21. I love this verse of scripture. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Notice this, your soul needs to be saved, but the ability for salvation for your soul comes from this, receiving with meekness the engrafted word. What God wants you to do in your spirit, you're perfect, but he wants your soul to get close and close and close to that as possible. It'll never get there totally, but your goal is to come to the place where you never sin you always think of God's answers in every situation. And I think you can begin to see why it'll never be accomplished in this lifetime. All this will be accomplished when we get to heaven. But what God is saying is, I want you to have a great head start before you get here. And by how much your soul prospers, this again comes back with a major contribution to the reward you'll receive when you get to heaven. Let's talk about Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. Here, Paul is talking again about us who receive the word of God and receive uh, the uh, saving of the soul. He says in verse one, I beseech you brothers by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. How do we do that? How do I present my body to God a living sacrifice? Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice what's happening here. He says, I want your minds to be renewed. I want your soul to be renewed. I want your thinking to be renewed. 
And because of that, then that's how you present your body, a living sacrifice to the Lord. What controls your body is your thoughts, is your mind. But what's controlling your thought and your mind? Let it be the word of God. Let it be a consecration to him. And in the very beginning, I'm presenting my body to you, Lord, but I'm gonna see that that's accomplished day by day by the imparting of the word of God into me that gives me spiritual strength to walk with you. And then I won't be conformed to the world. I'll be transformed by the renewing of my mind And then I can begin to prove what is that good, more acceptable, and finally the perfect will of God. The will of God here for your natural life seems to have three different levels. You start off serving God with the good will. Then you move to more acceptable will and finally end up at the perfect will of God. But that's not your entire life. That's sections of your life. There's parts of my life I still have to work on. They're not there yet, but there's other parts of my body that used to be and my life that used to be so difficult. And I had problems with them. It seemed like I never got anywhere, but the more I walked with God, the more I kept applying the word of God. One day I found out, you know what? I've got no more problems in that area. It seems like it's been conquered. I don't pat myself on the back because it's not me. It's the the word of God in me and me acting on God's gift to me, which is the word of God. His gift at the point I received Jesus was the gift of eternal life. Then after that, he gives me the gift of his word. And I begin to walk in that word, apply that word, begin to take that word in, begin to study it, begin to memorize it, then begin to act upon it to where whenever problems come in my life, the first thing I think of is the Bible says this, and I can begin to apply that to it. And after a while, I have to stop and think, when's the last time I had problems in this area? It seemed like I used to always have problems in this area and I realized just how much improvement I have made. Instead of getting upset with how far you have to go as a Christian, why don't you stop for just a moment and rejoice how far you have come? And don't forget all of his benefits, how he's brought you through trial after trial and you come through problem after problem and the areas that used to just get you down so simply, the simplest of things in life as far as sin just seem to trip you up all the time. You don't have no problems with those. So every part of your life though needs to be worked on and the Holy Spirit and the word of God will until you finally go from the good to the more acceptable and you arrive to the perfect will of God. And that's his desire for you in life. I don't know of anybody that has. I think perhaps Paul probably above all of them got closest. But again, this is how our bodies are sanctified until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is how we live free from sin until sin is no longer present as far as being found in us in our daily life. Oh, it's always gonna be a temptation. There's always the area of the flesh, but you know what? You can control that as you learn to walk in the spirit and walk in the word of God. Thirdly, salvation as a future process, we wait patiently for it. It's accomplished by the sovereignty or the total will of God. You know, in our daily life, we have control over that, but when it comes to future events, Jesus said, he said that this is in the hands of the Father. Chapter uh, one of the book of Acts, verses six and seven, the disciples came to Jesus and said, are you gonna give the kingdom at this time to the nation of Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. That is end time events. Anytime that word times and season is used, it's used around end time events, which Jesus said are in my Father's hands under his control but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. Thirdly, what I'm saying in this one is you have a lot to do with being born again. You receive Jesus. You have a real lot to do when it comes to growing in the word of God and your soul being renewed by the word of God. And there, the third one though, literally is simply saying that's gonna happen. We have to just wait patiently for it. 
It's accomplished by God's sovereignty. Romans chapter eight, verse 23 through verse 25 says this, not only they, that's all of creation, but ourselves also who have the first fruits of the spirit. Even we groan within ourselves. Nature is groaning. That's what the verses say before this, because why? There's a curse that's on this earth because of the fall of Adam and the fall of Adam caused the curse to go into the dust of the ground. Everything was made out of the dust of the ground. Our bodies are made out of the dust of the ground. Animals, trees, grass, everything comes from the dust of the ground. And so everything received a curse in it. And while that curse is here, nature is groaning, waiting for the day of its redemption because nature knows this redemption's coming and its redemption will come at the second advent or the second coming of Jesus to rule and reign over the earth. And that will be a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ at the beginning of that that curse is going to be lifted off the earth. Our curse is removed when the moment we die or we receive a resurrection body because the resurrection body is not made of the dust of the ground. It's not made out of a natural body. It's a spiritual body and it's totally different than this natural body we have now. I'm gonna read that verse of scripture again. Verse 23, not only they, that's all of creation, but ourselves also who have the first fruits of the spirit, that's the new birth, even we groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption. That is definition, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, not salvation in joining Jesus Christ into eternal life. No, that is by simple faith. This salvation we're talking about is the day we receive a resurrection body and that comes by hope. This comes by anticipating the future. This comes by walking in patience every day that there's a great hope laid out there. I can take care of my life by the word of God and God will work with me in it. But there's coming a day when you know what? It's totally God's sovereignty. He's gonna find that day. And on that day, Jesus is coming back for me. And this mortal will put on immortality. This corrupt will put on incorruption. And I will have a resurrection body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to say in that verse, but hope which is seen is not hope. In other words, we can't see that, but we know it's out there. Why? Because we believe the word of God's what it has to say. It says, what a man sees, why would he yet hope for it? But if we hope for what we do not see, then we patiently wait for it. And it simply comes back again that our resurrection body is going to come. And the whole point of it is we don't need to try to stop and think about it, when it's gonna come, pray for it or agonize. God, just give it to me now. I'm so tired of this world. I just want out of it. God says, walk in patience and it will be your great hope for the future. First Peter chapter one and verse five, we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. This is again our resurrection body ready to be revealed in the last time. He shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And that's Hebrews chapter nine and verse 28. So God wants us basically to walk in unity of spirit, soul, and body. Hebrews chapter four and verse 12, for the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. The word of God can differentiate in you between your spirit and your soul. The word of God shows you the difference of the joints and the marrow. The soul and the spirit are joined together like joints and marrow and is a critic of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Here we have the word of God as the key to everything. And it's telling us in these verses of scripture that the more you understand the word of God, the more you understand the difference between your soul and your spirit, 
Also, you find out the word of God is a critic or a judge of your thoughts and the intents of the heart. And I don't have to do it myself. The word of God will actually show me what's right and what's wrong. All I have to do is make a decision on that to act on it. And my life becomes totally different. So what are we simply saying? You stick with the word of God. You keep walking in the word of God. It'll change you every day and let God handle the future. The resurrection of the church is coming. Your resurrection and a resurrection body is yet to come. Glory be to God. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.